From WGDR Plainfield and WGDH Hardwick, this is the Magical Mystery Tour. This is a journey into sound. Brought to you in living color on WTDR. There is nothing wrong with your television set. We are controlling transmission. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner minds on WTDR. It's happening. I can feel it. How would you explain it? It's beautiful. God, it's God. I say God. How do you like that? Why, it's preposterous. Thank you very much. I realize what I'm about to say comes as a great shock. However, using great presence of mind, I'm counting on you to respond appropriately. Information in the form of energy streams in, streams in simultaneously through all of our sensory systems in the form of energy.
Good morning and welcome to the Magical Mystery Tour, a show that presents and explores the work of some of the most brilliant, creative and caring people who are doing great work to help create a more beautiful world we know is possible. Today, we're going to begin with the latest piece from Rumble Strip, Vermont, titled Last Chapter, about friendship and helping someone to die on their own terms. And that will be coming up in, in about a minute, and that'll run about 22 minutes, and then we'll see where we go from there. So again, welcome. another way I could begin. Okay. My best friend asked me to help him die. That's Rob, and this is Rumblestrip, Vermont. Rob Merman and Bill Morancy lived in neighboring apartments in Montpelier, Vermont. They were best friends, and as he said, Rob did help Bill die, and this is their story. Welcome. Bill moved into this apartment house in, uh, a week before I did, so we became neighbors. Uh, I would go knock on his door for things, and he would knock on my door. In fact, it, it got to the point where, at one point, he moved to the apartment below me. So in order to contact him, I would take a broom and bang on my floor, and he would take a broom and bang on his ceiling and reply, and we had this code of, you want to come out and play? That kind of thing. And we would go out and play baseball. We'd play catch. We would play paddle ball. We'd play tennis. We never kept score, and there was no competition. Everyone else we, who wanted to play with us always wanted to keep score, and we said, you can't play with us then. <laughs> this is our ball, and we're taking it away. One day we were, play we were playing tennis. The rec department had taken down the tennis nets, so there are no nets. At one point, we had a Spalding, one of these pink rubber balls that we had when we were kids, high bouncers, and we were playing with that on the court that had no net, whacking it back and forth, but it went so far, it went over the 30-foot fence. So I went around the fence to get it, and then from that other court, I whacked it as hard as I could to get it over the fence back to him, and he whacked it back to me. So suddenly, we're like these midgets on this huge tennis court, whacking it with all, and laughing and laughing. And uh, walking by were a couple of teachers with their preschoolers. 
and the preschoolers, you know, little th- three-year-olds were holding on to this rope, like a parade of ducklings, and they stopped <laughs> outside the courts watching these two elder guys whacking this rubber ball as hard as we could over this 30-foot fence. And finally, one little girl, one little three-year-old, came closer and, and said in a real loud voice, when I grow up, I want to play that game. <laughs> and Bill laughed and laughed and laughed. Yeah. We were like two 12-year-olds. It's the kind of buddy you would have when you're a child. I've had my physical traumas throughout my life. I was in a car accident 25 years ago and broke my neck and survived that somehow. 12 years ago, I had cancer, survived that. And then it was about two years ago, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's. So one thing after another with me. And meanwhile, Bill was 70 years old in great shape. And Bill doesn't have a car. Bill lives, he lived a very simple lifestyle. He walked to work, uh, which was a few blocks away from the apartment. He lived in a tiny apartment. His meals were very simple. He ate the same things every day. Uh, He totally simplified his life. He didn't have his own doctor. He didn't feel any need for it. So he was figuring the long, as long as we're neighbors, he'd be checking in on me, that I was the one who was going to need some help. I'm in my late 60s. And one day, he became out of breath and knocked on my floor and asked me to come down and see what's going on. And I said, I'm taking you to the hospital. He said, no, I, I don't go to hospitals. I'll, I'll sleep this off and we'll see what's going on tomorrow. But he was very weak. He could barely walk up the stairs to his apartment. Uh, and I, I, I took him to the hospital. And they took some x-rays just to check him out. The doctor came back in. Bill was lying in the hospital bed. I was sitting by him. Doctor looked at me, looked at Bill with a serious face. And Bill suspected something. And he said to the doctor, you can say anything in front of him. You know, he's, he's a good friend. And the doctor said, x-rays show massive pancreatic cancer that spread through the liver. And Bill immediately responded, I know what that means. That's a death sentence. I asked the, uh, the doctor, I said, well, what is the prognosis here? And she said, terminal within six months. So Bill said immediately to the doctors, I don't want to die in a hospital. I don't want any tubes. I don't want resuscitation techniques. I want to die on my own terms the way I lived on my own terms at home. And that's when one of the doctors started to explain what Act 39 is all about here in Vermont. In Vermont, it's called the Patient Choice and Control at End of Life Act, shortened to Act 39, which provides eligible Vermont residents with terminal diseases within six months is the 
is the rule. The option to be prescribed a dose of medication that, when taken, will hasten the end of their life. It's not physician-assisted death. A doctor is not there and won't be. Uh, The doctor prescribes the medication, but it's up to the patient to pick up the medication and self-administer it at home, not in a hospital and not with the help of a doctor. And the law uh, stipulates very specific protocols. First, you have to have many discussions with your doctor about it. The doctor has to sign off on the fact that you're making this decision on your own, nobody's making it for you, that you're men- mentally competent to make this decision, that you're terminally ill, and there's a list of other things. And then there has to be at least a minimum of two weeks before you're, you're able to use the prescription. You have to s- see a second doctor because maybe in those two weeks your mental capacity has changed or you've changed your mind. And uh, Bill... Uh, he grabbed onto that option right away, but there were a lot of questions. How does it work? What do we do? Does he have to be alone, or can he have somebody with him? And when he asked me to be his proxy, our relationship slightly shifted, and the friendship that we had, two older men, uh, sometimes people misinterpreted that. They thought, are they gay? Are they a gay couple? In this culture of ours, there doesn't seem to be a model for two men to be good buddies. So in this situation when he was dying, I had to be part friend, part medical consultant. I would drive him to the doctor's appointments, and uh, we were talking about the fact that he had to self-administer the prescription. And... He was worried that at the end he wouldn't be able to, either that he would be too diminished or that he would falter at the end. And that's when he looked at me and asked if I would be there with him. And I, my first reaction was, of course. the last two months Bill was a film buff and he loved films, independent films especially and foreign films but we decided to have a weekly film night in my apartment and I would manage to get Bill out of his apartment slowly over to my place and we would watch films and he he said I want to watch musicals so we put on South Pacific one Friday night and it was glorious the music and of course it's a beautiful film and the music is fabulous and just the technicolor colors and we all got emotional watching it it was fabulous so then the next next time we watched the king and i and then a week later west side story and then a week later so we went through all these musicals and we would i would glance over at bill watching these beautiful movies and when there'd be a sappy sentimental scene I would glance over at Bill and he he would have this smile on his face. Well, by the third month when he was getting so weak 
he knew his end was coming. And he would say that to me. He said, Rabbi, I'm fading. I'm losing it. He had reached the point of diminishment, and he knew that he was ready to to take the drink. And uh, the first worst day that I had was when we decided I would go pick up this prescription for him. It was hard to find a pharmacist who would agree to fulfill the prescription from the doctor. I had to drive two and a half hours to a pharmacy. But as soon as I got in my car, I realized I'm, I'm, I'm driving to pick up his death. What am I doing? How, what? And when I got to the pharmacy, I couldn't go in. I, I just couldn't go in. And there was a used bookstore right next to the pharmacy. So I went in there. I love used bookstores. And I spent two hours buying a, a stack of books that I didn't need. <laughs> it was totally pro- procrastinating. And finally, I went into the pharmacy. And I, I said, I'm here for, for Bill's prescription. You know, the doctor had called it in and explained to the pharmacist. And they had this young guy was very cheery. He said, oh, yes, we've been expecting you. And he's smiling and cheery. And I'm thinking, I've got to get out of here. I just got to get this stuff and get out of here. And he starts to explain how to use it. And I said, I, I know. I We've talked to the doctor. I just needed to get out. I finally grabbed the little bag and I got out of there shaking. Three days ahead of time, he said, Rob, I've chosen the day. Next Monday. And I said, why Monday? And he said, well, I checked the weather report. (laughs) What? He said, yeah, because the weather had been fine and the weather was going to be good through Monday. But then the next day there's going to be snow and ice and sleet. And he didn't want to inconvenience people the day after. And uh, he didn't want any more visitors and I said do you want me to let your son know that you've chosen the day or do you want me to let the team know he said no don't let anybody know until after he he didn't want to upset people he didn't want people to interfere he didn't want people to he wanted it to be his his event his day and I felt it was a gift that he let he let me into be a witness with him and I tried to convince myself that this was a gift which it was I was learning how to I was learning one way of how to die on your own terms and gracefully What was your philosophy of life? How do you think about life? Affects how you think about your death, or it should. There's a Dylan Thomas poem, Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. He thought that was bullshit. He said, why rage against the inevitable? I want to be able to go out in a peaceful way. 
he, he just wanted to make sure he could pull it off and wanted my help with that. The night before the event, I didn't sleep any, and I, when I called him the next morning, I said, you want me to come over now? He said, no, come over around noon. I said, really? If this was his last day of, of life, I, he didn't want me to go over. I, partly I was considering I'm going over anyway, but then I wanted to respect whatever he was going through. Was he meditating? Was he... What was going through my head, I can't ever remember. It was a total jumble. I remember shaking. I remember not being able to do anything except glancing over at the clock every other minute. And finally, when I got there, I said, Bill, you know, last night, what I was thinking was this was, because I'm in show business, and the image I had was of closing night of a Broadway show after a, many years of a long, successful run, and the cast has gotten really close with each other, and but it's closing night, and you know that you're not going to see each other after this. And so there's these nervous jitters of anticipation and fear at the same time that you're not going to see each other afterwards. And he said, I like that analogy. And he said, for him, last night of sleep was like a dress rehearsal for him. So then we began the process. Now, the process of doing this, you have to empty each capsule into a glass, empty, open up each capsule and pour the powder into a glass. A hundred of these capsules, basically sleeping powder. And once you've poured all the powders into a glass, you fill it with a little bit of water and you drink it. And you have to drink it quickly because it acts quickly within a couple of minutes. But before you do this, an hour before, you have to take two other tablets. One is an anti-anxiety pill, and the second one is a pill that would prevent you anti-nausea pill, so that when you actually take the drink, you wouldn't throw it up, which would be catastrophic. <laughs> so I'm waiting for Bill's signal that he wants to start all this. But meanwhile, for an hour, we're just chatting, talking about films, talking about politics, talking about... And in the back of my mind is, what, what, we're just chatting the way we would do every day. But we've talked for months about philosophy, about dying and death, and we've done it. We're past that now. And I understood that. So I didn't want to interrupt him with any deeper doubts. Finally, he looks at the clock, one o'clock. He said, okay, give me the tablet. And I said, okay, here's the anti-anxiety tablet. He said, I don't need that. Throw that one away. So I gave him the anti-nausea pill, which he took. Then we had an hour. Then the clock is ticking. The hour goes by. It's two o'clock. And so he starts emptying the capsules. And suddenly we realize this is going to take some time. You know, because it was hard to open up each capsule. So he goes and gets three bowls and sits down on the rug. So I sit down on the rug with him, like two 12-year-olds, going to play marbles or something. And I said, what are those bowls for? 
And he said, well, I'll pour the powder into one of these bowls. And I said, hold on, Bill. So I picked up the three ball, bowls. I brought them back to the shelf. I came with a glass. And then I went back and got a plate. And I put the glass on the plate. And I said, well, you can pour the powder into the glass. And if any spills over, it'll spill onto the plate. So he began the process of opening the capsules. And we're sitting on the floor like a couple of kids. And I said, Bill, do you, are you going to lie in bed and you want me to sit on the bed or in a chair next to... He said, no, 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 I'm not going to be in bed. He was really weak. He could barely walk around. But he said, no, 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 I'm going to sit on the couch over there. And then quietly he said, I would appreciate it if you sat next to me on the couch. I said, okay. And then he said, almost plaintively, he said, and would you hold my hand? And I said, of course. And uh, I said to him also, I said, well, you're not going to drink alone. I knew that he drank a little bit of whiskey every night just to help him sleep. So I said, well, I'll drink some of your whiskey as you drink your drink. And he said, okay. So I, I poured myself a little shot glass of whiskey. And then it was time. I've known, I've known grief. I've lost a sister, I've lost my parents, I've lost other relatives, I've lost other friends. I understand death. And I think grief is something that you get over in time. But sorrow continues. The undercurrent of sorrow, I think, is a fact of life. I'm friendly with sorrow. I don't avoid it. I acknowledge its presence in my life. It's not always on. The, it's not on the surface. It's under the skin. But it it gives me a metaphorical sense of life. And there's also an aspect of wonder about the mysteries of life that is a counterbalance to the sorrow of life. And uh, there's a lot of wonder to balance the sorrow. Bill had, out of the various jobs that he'd had in his life, he'd been a lot of things. He'd been a corporate lawyer when he was young, then left after a couple of years. He said, I don't want this life. And he became a land surveyor, a radio station operator, a huge variety of things. And one of the things he did, he ran away to the circus for a season, selling concessions in the circus, and he loved it. And he, he learned some circus traditions, and one of them is that circus people never say goodbye to each other at the end of a season. They always just wave and say, see you down the road. Because they know at some point... In your careers, you'll you'll work again in, in some show someday, and that always does happen. And he loved that phrase. Anyway, it's time to take the drink. We're sitting on the couch. We clinked glasses, drank. He puts down the glass, and the last words he says to me, he looks over to me and says, "See you down the road, friend."
was Rob Merman. The music for this show was made by Vermont musicians Brian Clark and Mike D'Onofrio, and you heard from the original film soundtracks of South Pacific and Carousel, both by Rogers and Hammerstein. This is Erica Heilman. Thanks a lot for listening. And thanks to Erica Heilman for allowing me to share that wonderful piece with you. And you can hear more of those wonderful Rumble Strip Vermont podcasts at rumblestripvt.com. That was such a wonderful piece. That was a that was a wonderful piece. And they were my friends. You knew you knew both of them? I knew both of them. I used to play softball with them. Whoa. Yeah. He is very well spoken. Oh, and he is a beautifully he speaks very beautifully. Rob, yeah, Rob's a wonderful guy. I've 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 thought a lot about having him as a guest on my show. Yes. Oh my God. I would come. I would come to just listen. And when I heard this, I heard this yesterday. Erica Heilman put this out, posted this yesterday, and I heard this. Where? And I was like, oh, it was on her podcast. Yeah, I subscribed to to Rumble Strip for months, oh, so Rumble. I get notified by that. And uh, yeah, that that is definitely one of the best. Best pieces she's and edited um, beautifully. Oh, she's amazing. Oh my god, the timing. She is amazing. Was like she's, effective. <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing. It, I've had her on my show twice. Well, I've had her on my show once, but I've played numerous pieces of hers. What is she like? What is she like? Yeah, how old is she? Um, how does she see the world when you ask her a question? <laughs> you know those kinds of things. <laughs> Um, I don't know how old she is. Is she idiosyncratic? Does she fidget? Yes. Does oh, she play with her hands? Uh, she's in, definitely idiosyncratic. Oh, cool. I don't know what exactly what she does. Um, okay, but she's she's a friend. Cool as well, and cool. she's great. How how are you friends? Um, I met her here at the station, and um. She was doing her podcast before she came here. Oh, where is she from? She's actually from Vermont, and then she left and went. Where did she go? I forgot. She might have gone to like. You New should York have her in something. here. Yeah, I should have her in here to speak for herself <laughs> instead of having the two of us heckle. <laughs> having, <laughs> having a speculative. Yeah, this and, is a, yeah. Everything is all theoretical. Gossip behind your back. It's true. <laughs> I hear she's moody. <laughs> <laughs> you do, huh? By the way, um, I, that's Morgan McGuire over there that you're hearing in your left ear. Or maybe she's in your right ear. Maybe oh, she's in both of your ears. Maybe I'm in the right <laughs> ear. No, I want to be in the left ear. I love the left side. Really? It's my favorite. You're a lefty, huh? Well, I wish I were. <laughs> I'm an, I like am a lefty in athletics. Yeah. But then, sadly, I write with my right. 
Sadfully? Like everybody else. You don't like sadfully? Sadfully. <laughs> I've decided that spelling A is subjective, and so are words. Wait, what was the first thing? Is subjective? Spelling. Spelling. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm a pretty good speller, too. Right? Uh-huh. So I still think it's subjective. Well, it's a subject, <laughs> and <laughs> hey, you... If you can get an IV at the process, why okay. Not? <laughs> and I don't know about the extra E. Maybe if, with depending on how you spell things, you don't need the E, right? Where's the dump button? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to know what prompted this is the playing, dump show. What prompted playing the show? Why are you thinking about death? What's going on? Well. Or there's heard, nothing wrong with thinking about death. There's nothing wrong and with thinking about death. And look at my response, asking. But I heard that piece yesterday. And what I thought, specifically made, yeah. Oh, I just love the piece. Plus, I know those guys, and I really, really like those guys a lot. They, they're both wonderful, wonderful guys. Um, Bill, I played tennis with him as well. He had this wonderful um, ability to enjoy life, which Rob mentioned that he, yeah. he played like a kid and he he really did he was he was he was 70 years old when he died and we used to play softball we played softball together for for a few years out in Hubbard Park and there was just a, a small crew of us old farts out there fooling around and of course we never kept score there was no score to be kept you never kept score? We never kept score. Not even tennis. There's You're no just score. playing. We were just playing. That's so nice. That sounds like a relief to not keep score. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, it, that way you can leave your your right brain, uh, you know, on vacation somewhere. <laughs> Did he... <laughs> On vacation. I don't know if it's I don't vacation. know if right brains like vacations. But. Yeah, I was going to say, the right brain is just going, fussing over other things that aren't in your conscious moment. Right. And since you're not engaging it, you can just sort of observe it, do its shenanigans. Oh, yeah. That's so true. I love meditating <laughs> for that reason. Well, like in every way, like in yeah. contemplative, in like a in my life. Exactly. That's yes. the that's the thing. It's I like love we it. We can spend our entire lives so engaged in that kind of reflective. I totally paying, agree. Just paying it's attention. It's so healing. It's paying so, attention. I need more of my own attention. <laughs> well, you got you got it there, girl. <laughs> I just did it right now in this moment. Attended to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, girl. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so we have, we've got almost an hour left of the show. Well, I want to know what else you were planning on doing. So I'm hoping to... I was planning on, on, on oh, engaging I? with you. <gasps> you were? Remember? You oh, were, well, if you were planning on engaging whatever, with me... We're going to do whatever. Well, here's the thing. I just don't want to take away from like... You're not taking away from The anything. mood or like whatever, your consistency, because I'm sure your listeners like really want this consistent... <laughs> yeah, they're they're getting the consistency. They're getting a consistency of of whatever well, happens. Here's the thing. When, I, when I when I good, we're open to all. Yeah. When I uh, and I'm having you on because of you, because of what you bring. Because 
I enjoy you so much. Yeah, which which boggles me <laughs> beyond understanding. You don't, you don't understand that, do you? <laughs> like at all. You just you know what your problem is, as if you have a problem, really. Is <laughs> Please that you, tell you, me what my problem is. You don't know yourself well enough. You don't know. You don't know how much fun you are. You don't know. Well, I just told you, but you don't, <laughs> you don't know how much I enjoy you. I've had so yeah. much fun with you. And the moment, I've, I already told you this, and I mentioned this a while back, that the, the moment you first opened your mouth, you're like, oh. I just knew I like this person. This, this person is a kindred spirit. It's because I don't think before I speak. No, I think a lot. <laughs> Those are all incidental <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's what naturally comes out of... It's what, that's it, it's, true. It's what radiates from you and, that's, and what comes out of your mouth. And that's what... <laughs> and that's what I mean, and you're doing it now. You laugh a lot. And so you la your laughter oh my is God. so, so effusive. So when I was little, natural. I was... <laughs> And I love it. I could just sit here and 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 provoke you into laughing for the next it's hour. It's rude to all of the listeners, and it's kind of rude to you for me to be manipulating you that way. It's rude. Okay. <laughs> I had dreams of being like when they're there, because then all of a sudden, okay, remember when live audiences was a thing, and like recording in front of a live audience. So I was like. I, because people told me I should be in an audience because I could keep others laughing, and I never under, <laughs> and I never understood it like at all. And now you're saying this to me as well, and so I'm like, where are the jobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who needs a a, a canned like, laugh track fine. when you've got someone like Morgan McGuire and others like us? Yeah, who can prompt you? Yeah, <laughs> right. So I mean, nothing brings joy to me quite like listening to laughter you laughing <laughs> <laughs> my god it sounds terrible that terrible well what do you mean where where does that where do things like that come from that's to, to say that sounds terrible I know, I know i think i know that's so funny i was having a conversation this morning with carla and i'm having all of this like internalized not so internal, external i'm guilt because i'm um, she's really you know, like taking me under her wing and also like reminding me that I'm <laughs> have my own wings. <laughs> and so then like I like we but you then you're like, oh, God, do I deserve this? There's so much goodness. Like I can't receive. And then you create a story. I'm like, well, maybe I need to get out of here. Maybe this is given to me so I can leave it. Like, it's so funny how I just continue. Like there's it doesn't make sense. I I totally understand what you mean because it's a when terrible I was feeling. when I was young I had such terrible self doubt I completely lacked confidence yes. in myself and no matter what how much joy I experienced in any particular moments as soon as I encountered other people particularly people that I didn't know who who I couldn't relate to yeah. I always felt completely intimidated and and like I didn't belong and that anything that I would say or do 
would be completely wrong. So how did you respond to that? Because didn't you get tired of that feeling? Oh, yes. I lived lived with that angst and misery and suffering for many, many, many years. Okay, well, I'm going to outgrow this. I'm determined. It took me many, 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 many years. That's too many many. I suffered. You have no (laughs) idea how much I suffered. That's too many many's. Yeah, but I don't want to have to go. I don't think I have to. I think my awareness. I didn't know how to get over it. You know? You got so so used to it. I was so full of myself. So self-indulgent in my own self-deprecation and self-misery and, you know, all that crap. Yeah, but there's also like, yeah, okay. I mean, it is crap. It was also, you know, quote unquote. But you also learned so much during that time. So I can't even like say like in the big scheme of things, of course you had to have it because you had it. There's there's a great gift in it some somehow that if you can endure it and live with it and make peace with it eventually, that it becomes, it transmutes into something really beautiful. Yes. In some way. I, Who knows what, how, or I, why, or what, or when, <laughs> or when exactly. <laughs> but it's, but it's like when I and when I when I watch you, I know. See, I, that's part of the the kindred spirit thing. Is I know there's that stuff in oh, you too, of course. And and my heart just totally. It not only goes at you, but it sort of just envelops you and goes. You know, <laughs> I know, I know what that's like. You're building and me a you, nest, and you are yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm nesting you. Yeah. Because you're such a beautiful person. Thanks, Tony. Really, really. I mean, I see it very, very clearly. And there were people who saw that in me when I was, when I couldn't see. Right. You know, I couldn't tell a hole. It's stupid. From, you know, my elbow or whatever. Why does this happen? (laughs) (laughs) From your elbow. What? To, to, to very unskillfully mix metaphors. <laughs> what kind of image did I just get? I don't even. <laughs> that, that's where we use the dump button. But <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So f- for you people in the listening audience, just dump that last. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> well, not the last five minutes. The last 30 seconds or minute or whatever. Okay. So what else do you... What do you do on this show, Tonio? How long have you had this show? And, on, and yeah. Eight years. You've had this show for the same it'll, slot, it'll same be, time? It'll be eight years in September. And the same time, same slot? Yeah, pretty much. Whoa. So you have been coming to the same place f- for eight years, almost. Wow. What does that feel like? I have no idea. I'm just here right now. Yeah, I, I wonder I what it feels I mean, like. It's evolved a lot over the years. What would your What would your first year self think about you right now? I think it would be pretty gosh darn impressed. Cool. Surprised? Not surprised. Yeah, I didn't think so. Just impressed. Be like, wow. Excited? How'd you, how'd you pull that off? Oh, cool. How'd you pull that off, fool? <laughs> <laughs> Have you changed the way you talk? You don't... Have I changed the way I talk? <laughs> yeah. Probably. Somewhere. I have. Yeah. In the last... I was, it's, I was thinking about how many selves I've had. How many selves have you had? 
So dozens many. Yes. Least. Oh, at least. I mean, I still have dozens. Oh, yeah. But yeah, all those cells have changed and evolved. Yes. And so there've been probably millions. And sometimes they change when they're not when you're not even tending to them. I mean, that's their nature. Yeah, exactly. Really. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but I just <laughs> Okay. But the great thing is to is is to be able to at least on occasion to let them flow, let them go and let them yeah, be. Yeah, and I think know? that's is what I, is happening for me. Yeah. 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 So That's uh, a wonderful thing to do for ourselves. Yes. It's, it's the best gift. It's the best. To observe is the best. To I, observe with love and compassion. Oh, just like playful, like a N- child observing curiously. Exactly. Like it's a exactly. new image. As if it's not you. To- because well, what, because, <laughs> because well. when we're observing it as as if it's us, then there there is the tendency of the the right brain to click in with judgment and analysis. Yeah, and I see. Stuff. I think you're right. I think But if we can observe in order to integrate it more in the body, yeah, and like the whole gentle observation. To observe like a third like a third person kind of thing. Well, because we definitely treat that's ourselves how you can differently. Come from, yeah. Well, than, it's because we, we like others. have to, t- it's because we have to take care of this thing that we are inhabiting. Like we have to take care of this body and these, so we have to attach ourselves in order to take care of it. Not necessarily. I hope you're right because I, <laughs> because I feel like I have to ha- like love my body in order to take care of it. Eh, that's not, not, that's not true. But I, think, I think you are right. At least, to some degree, I mean, it's it's a mixture of it all. I mean, it's, it's right education, but like that's the learn that's. But as a caring third person, you could you could take you could take care of another person, right? You could yeah care because about because you care about you some care. you care about something bigger, and and the same and deeper the, at the same time. Yeah, well, yes, bigger. Bigger in that Breath it's, it's more than like just it, us. Yeah, it covers. It has a bigger surface area. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the surface area is as big as we can imagine yes. it to be. Right? Yeah. It just envel- it's an, um, um, envelops. And if we can, as we're doing that, observing our range of perception, if we can also open our heart to that degree as well at the same time, wouldn't that be magical? I mean, I think that happens all the time. For you? I see it. No, for others. But I. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I see it with myself, but I see it with also like I think I think also, but I don't think you're actually alluding. You to see, this. that's that's another that's another reason why I really like you <laughs> and that you, I sense you as a kindred spirit because you do have that that very kind, generous, open heart. You care and you love. Mm, you do. I would say yes. You really do. Yes, I would say that that is true. And I knew that from the moment you opened your mouth. Because of what you said. I don't even know what I said. said I know. It, but it had to do with advocating for others. Oh, that is very students. important to me. That's very important to me. As a teacher. Yes. As someone. T- oh, yes. Because I have more experience with a student than a teacher. And that is more important to me. Yeah, for sure. I know. And that is a clear indication of of compassion and love and caring. Oh, what? Yeah, I guess so, yes. Because an, another aspect of that that wasn't spelled out in that is is the way you take the side of the underdog. Well, I I also think... <laughs> 
You're very good at this, Tonio. I'm very good at what? <laughs> All I'm doing is opening my big mouth and, you know, stuff You're very perceptive out. and articulate. Well, with you I am because I... I'm like, ah, because I, yes, very I interesting. Am, I'm connected to you in some way. <laughs> in, some, in some mysterious way. And, and, I, and I knew it the moment you opened your mouth that day, a few months ago. Maybe I maybe because I knew, I knew, I knew something about you because I knew it in myself. Well, yeah. Well, ah, oh, I understand that. Cool. It's because you are also equally excited about life. Yes. <laughs> exactly. 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 Like what is this? <laughs> you know, yeah. to life. It's like when you look in the mirror and you actually see something you really like. Yeah, or just, yeah, totally. As opposed to seeing something oh God. that you're like, Don't oh, recognize. That you make <laughs> like, you cringe. I just don't even understand what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> or worse. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Yeah. Hysterical. Those are our choices. Yeah, exactly. In each moment, day to yes. day. And, and I always think about when I look at a person and I think, I bet, I wonder if they smile at themselves in the mirror or like have seen themselves. Do you ever look at someone and you wonder if like how they look at themselves? I've done this. I. It's really intense. I wanna, it's a really intense I practice. You, I want to tell you about an experience. Exactly that. Okay. I used, I used to live in a house in San Diego with three other people. And one of them was this woman who, whenever she looked at herself in the mirror, her facial expression changed completely. Oh, yes. And yes. I remember one time yep. being in the bathroom, standing next to her, and I pointed that out to her, and she said, no. And I went, yes. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> she said, no. Wow. And I went, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I know exactly what you're saying. But I don't know it for myself because when I look at myself in the mirror, I have nothing else to compare. Well, I wonder to. if I do it. I, I've thought about this. I because I do see people. Well, and you see people how they look at their phone, and how now they're like how they're looking at it. You see it a lot and often. So now you get used to people making their different face. In do they have the mirrors phone. on phones yet? Yeah, I mean because the phones well, are the, getting so big now. Oh my have god! You I mean, it, how big? The screen, it's terrible. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the size of a steak. Like <laughs> it's like holding a flank steak in your hand. <laughs> That's funny coming from you. Steak. <laughs> you don't eat steak, do no. you? No. <laughs> I don't even know what like yeah, no, I know what it is. <laughs> have you, in your life have you ever eaten a steak? Oh my god, yes. Okay. I was mad at it. I you was, were mad at yeah, it? Yeah, because my sister loved steak growing up, so she wouldn't eat anything else and that's all we ate. So my mom bought these like I hate steak. Okay. <laughs> I won't belabor that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can sense it. Yes. I'll let you have your 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 own private Idaho moment with steak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. No pun intended for those of you who might have read some sort of twisted pun in there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Not that twisted. Okay, good. Because I don't know the pun. <laughs> I don't want to. I won't it. belabor that <laughs> one. <either. laughs> oh, no, I still don't get it. I thought I got it. Idaho. Idaho. I 
That's what I thought. Like, <laughs> did you ever yeah. see that movie? By the way, no. My With own? Oprah Winfrey. Oprah, what planet are you on? Oprah Winfrey. That would have been funny if she was in that movie. <laughs> what is it? It's the title of the film is My Own Private Idaho. And you know that before <laughs> thinking you, about Oprah. You know that the B fifty twos wrote a, had a song called that. No. From the early eighties. And this movie came out in the mid eighties. But I I'm trying to remember, I think River Phoenix was in it, and oh, I like River Phoenix. Isn't he great? Yeah, he was amazing. He was in um, Running on Empty, which was another great, great uh, movie. I don't watch. I haven't. I need to watch good movies. But I think also Keanu Reeves was in that movie, and this was back in the day when when he had some good roles, and he wasn't as bad as he is now. I know, it's a bummer. <laughs> Something happened. I oh, and River's Edge. Did you ever see River's Edge? Yes, I have. Wasn't that incredible? Yeah, I want to watch that again. See, Actually, I watched back, that recently. Back in those days, there were, there were some really, really good movies with Like, those. good film. Yes. Yeah. I watched Harold and Maude recently. Oh, I love that film. Oh, my God. I was like, what are we doing? When it, I'm so upset. I mean, I'm very grateful for the independent and the indie industry. Gosh, if we could have our more bigger films. I don't know. I just think we're not doing enough. Well, one good thing about films is we can go back into the past and enjoy. That's true. Old films if we're not being inspired enough by. And I need to do that. Yeah, because there's a lot of great films back there. Check out um, My Own Private Idaho. and And what's it about? And... I don't quite remember. <laughs> I saw it like 30 years ago. And also... God, I wonder... Running what... on Empty. Okay. And I don't know. Just keep your ears and eyes open. Yeah, I need to... I just end up watching crap. Thing. Oh, no. Well, there's... there's Because I'm so intrigued by crap, why, crap why helps, it exists. Crap helps us to, in, to appreciate good stuff. It's contrast. Yeah, but there's we have too much of one. Yeah, but, right now. But you know, you know time's not going to end. So hopefully yeah. we're. I mean, if it does, who cares? Yeah, but. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> cool. Welcome and thank you for joining this crazy conversation. Hi. Yes, I'm not going to um, converse. I just want since you're talking about. Movies. I just wanted to say that um, the Savoy uh, movie theater is having financial difficulties. So don't watch a movie on your internet. Go go see a movie. Um, and it's it's there. They've reached out. I don't know if you're on their email list, but they've reached out to people saying, you know, they're in trouble. So they're very grateful for the people who are renewing their memberships. And um, and um, one of the emails I read was they need 12 more people minimum at every movie to to keep stable. So mm. for those who don't know that, you know, it's summertime. There's no snow, ice, and uh, go, go see a movie. Okay? That's okay. all I wanted to say. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's... 
just like supporting local bookstores, buying books at your local bookstore rather than on Amazon or or places like that. Go to go to your local theater and watch watch a real movie on. Yeah, on, have you been on to a the bigger Savoy? Um, I'm trying to think what I the have last. Not. I haven't been there Where in a is while. It? It's on Main Street in Montpelier. In Montpelier. Maybe I'll go to a movie tonight. Maybe the I'll last, take myself to get a movie. Get this. The last movie I saw. I mean, saw, I don't have like billions of dollars, but. Well, con- considering what I played at the beginning of the show, the last movie I saw at the Savoy was the night that Bill died. Wow. Bill Maranzi died. That was, that was the night that I saw the movie because I, I remember I was there and I. I think it was after the film, I saw Eric, who used to work there, who's now training to do a radio show here. I asked him about Bill, and he said that Bill, he told me that Bill was dying of pancreatic cancer, and I had not heard that. Oh. I hadn't heard that. Um, And he said that any day now, oh, yeah, he's... I asked him how long he had, and he said, any day now. Wow. Any day. And then I heard the following day, I got an email that he went the day before. Wow. And, and at first I thought maybe it was while I was watch at the movies, because Bill used to work at, at the Savoy, too. He loved films. No kidding. Oh, he, he was, that was the earlier part of That's that cool. piece. They were talking about watching films together and that's awesome and how bill loved movies and i love movies and i suspect like you we we live on a very tight budget yes and if i was to go out and see movies as much as i would like to i would go bankrupt pretty quickly yes <laughs> yes cuz i love movies yeah and when I used back in the old days, I used to, when there was no other choice, I would go out and see well, movies. Well, yeah, lot. when I lived in, yeah, I used to go to Boulder, I go to the movies in Boulder often. I used to love. I Actually, used, probably when I was little or two, or drive-ins. Uh, yeah, drive-ins when there were drive-ins. Are I used, there not anymore? Very few. Huh, that stinks. They've most of them have gone out of business. There used yeah. to be one on the B and M Road. Oh. Where is that? The the Barry Montpelier Road. Oh, cool. But it's long, long since turned into a car dealership. Oh, that's such a bummer. I love drive-ins. They're my favorite. I used to choose to work on the weekend, so I would get weekdays off. So while everyone else was, you know, doing their fun things on the weekend, crowding in with everybody else, I would have my weekends during the week when... When cool. nobody, while everyone else was working. So I used to go to matinee movies in these big theaters, you know, single theaters. Yeah. And I would, I would stretch out. I'm in like, the how middle. relaxing. I would, sit, I would sit in the middle, dead center of, of the theater and just put my legs up. And oh my gosh, like, air conditioning. Like it was my own place. Yeah. Yes. In San Diego on a hot summer yeah. day, air conditioned, comfort, watch a movie with nobody around yeah. me. Yeah. There would be maybe a dozen, two dozen people in the whole theater, cool. and they were so spread out, and it was wonderful. I'm a strange guy. In I, I mean, listen, <laughs> I don't think you're strange at all. I've done similar things. 
So I, I really enjoy my company. I'm not so sure I enjoy my own company so much. Well, back then, I it's not wasn't my own company, but I enjoyed doing things without masses, throngs of mm. other, you know, sheeple, lemmings, whatever kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm being unkind right now, but I'm okay I, with that. I was I was quite um, misanthropist back in the day. I'm trying to think what I'm like. I mean, I. I used to joke when I was in high school, I had friends. We were all really kind, caring, sweet people, but we hated humanity because humanity was so dumb and so malignant. At least that's the way we saw the bulk of them. And we had no compassion for them because we were too young to have developed Yeah, but where did that come from? What? That belief. What was your evidence? Just observation. Of, because of how what we were, were destroying the world and okay. how we were murdering people, you know, our, yeah, particularly our country person. and all that yeah. stuff. And, and that's cool that you had friends that like shared and that. And ignorant the world gen- humans tend to be. And you, you know, had friends the, that shared that? Yes. Wow. Those were my only friends. I, I, was I didn't such hang a, out with I did people. not have a lot of friends. I think I, I didn't have a lot either. I had some. I think, but they, but they understood you. Yeah. I don't know if I felt really understood to, by... To some degree. My I friends. didn't share everything about myself because I... Oh. But with my friends, I... Yeah, I, I did. As long as, as long as there wasn't any romantic stuff. The relationship and the history between friends is like, oh, really? I was very intimidated when it came to that kind of stuff. Really? Shy. Oh. Devastatingly so. No way. Yeah, totally. When did you break out of the mold? Never. No. <laughs> <laughs> I never did. I never did. Interesting. Yeah. I guess what's shy for you? Which, in that sense, you know, if if I'm interested in someone, if I'm, I'm like, I can't. I couldn't even approach them. I couldn't. Oh, I couldn't say anything. That is really interesting. What do you associate to? Why? Why are you shy? Terrified. Shy. Just afraid. Of what? Intimidated. This goes back to that what I had said earlier about how how I just tend to be feel intimidated around people I don't know to begin with. Not all the time, but people that I don't that I don't feel I wonder what your kin, that I yeah. that I don't feel a, a kind of kindred. I wonder what sense your senses. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It comes from trauma. You know, it comes from being traumatized as a child. Yeah, but also say if if say if it doesn't come from that, and say that happens, and of course that's what comes being from trauma. Being traumatized by my mother. How how about that? Ugh. having a, having a, a really you really think that's what it's from? Sibling ri- oh. rivalry with my own mother. Sibling. Rivalry. Yeah, my no. mother's very competitive too. Where That's my mother, really interesting. But my mother also kicked me out of the house regularly. I mean, she would just say, "Get out." She would she would yell at me and, and she And you would, would listen? I would I would fight with her, but I couldn't stand being around her, so yeah. I wanted to get out. Yeah, of course. I want and because I lived I grew up in New York City, I could just leave and yeah. and walk or take the subway or bus over to my father's house. Oh, yeah, that's true. Or else I could go to the park and play with some kids. Oh, interesting. If I had any friends to do that with. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't have a lot of because I, I moved around, we moved around so much that I went to so many different schools during elementary school. Even in Manhattan, I think I went to probably about 
at least six or seven different schools within so that's really interesting five so, or six years but you're but are you shy i just think that like shyness is very interesting because i always think that there's a lot of wisdom in shyness and so possibly but there's also a lot of fear which and fear can block out wisdom fear can block out a lot of stuff and speaking about fear and blocking out stuff this is wgdr <laughs> plainfield and wgdh hardwick imagine that 10 4 a.m <laughs> how much time do we have left till 10 30 or 10 29 oh something. cool I really enjoy this. What I also am curious about is how you prepare so that I can also respect your time and prepare for this. How I prepare? Yeah. Like, what do you do? For the show? Yeah. Well, I edited a long talk before I knew that you were going to come in. Yeah. I also um, prepare my intro that I'm going to read. I used to just wing it, and I sounded like an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> and so I, I decided I decided that um, I would write things out so I sounded a little cool mealy mouth. I appreciate your reflection and it's a pretty there's you know, a lot of make, words on there to, <laughs> there's a lot of words on there and they're there. spelled correctly too did you spell you don't did you spell check it or no, it, you just checked it yourself. No, it, the spell check is in there, and whenever you spell something wrong, it underlines it. So, <laughs> did you choose a different color, or is it was it red or green? Um, I like to try. I like to change the colors of the underlining lines. I don't know that there was a color. It's, it has a jagged underline, and it's just it's not colored. No, I could probably go into colored. settings and do that. Oh, I can't believe there's no color. I think it's either blue, red, or green. I, I like to so. see if I can do purple. You have a Mac though. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you have? Yeah, but I still use Microsoft Word. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just saying. Forever, for for anyone who's out there. Oh, what do you use? I use Microsoft. I used Pages? um, Notepad. Libra Office, which is one of those free things. Ah, you're, see, I am bad. I know I I just said I used Microsoft on this radio. It's not bad. Don't tell anyone. I just, because of my, (laughs) because of my, the, the simplicity of my life mm-hmm. and how I don't like to work much, mm-hmm. I go for the free stuff, the cheap I think stuff. that that's important because now you can educate yourself on who's making valuable or high-quality free things. Uh, Is anybody anymore? Oh, yeah. There's great free stuff out there. Good. I thought so, too. Noise Tons trade. Do What's you know that? noise trade? No. Um, noise, like... Oh, the noise. And trade. And it's great. And they give you... Trading noise? Yeah. It's (laughs) kind of like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you get to have downloads. And you can have an option to donate, but you can also just download, like, full albums of new artists. Oh, I do that with with this platform called SoulSeek. S-L-S-K. SoulSeek. Okay. It's it's a a peer-to-peer. It's a hub through which people share their the contents of their hard drives with okay. each other. Okay. I'm going to try. Oh. And I've and I have like, made donations to them. That's kind of like what was it? Not not n- what were the early ones? It's one of the Napster. earliest ones. Napster. Napster. Yeah, but Napster was a commercial one. Yeah, but like what was another one? There were uh, Juno? No, not Juno. Juno? Yeah, there was a Juno one. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm always so interested in that because I forgot that was a whole life of of just like well, I still use trading music fervently, like just seeing who has what and like looking who around you has what you might be looking for yeah. and then seeing if it could reach even further and further and further and further. Well, this was one of the earliest ones and there, there are lots and lots of people all over the world. So you could find things that you would never find yeah, here in Yeah, now all of a sudden all over the world doesn't feel that big anymore and it makes me a little bit sad because it's huge. Actually, this world is very small. Okay, well, so you think it's actualizing its size to us through technology? Well, there's something relativistic about that as we become more aware of yeah. the relative what are we size have a of growth? our planet, I was at a planet the in terms of the universe. Yeah, but we're always going to be... Are we going to be getting smaller? I mean, trees... Yeah, I think so. Okay, so... We're going to get smaller and bigger at the same time because we get smaller in the sense that we realize that we're not everything. We're not the sense of... So you think that only... But at the same time, we're going to realize that we're bigger because we're expanding our heart and our conception to include everything and everybody at the same time. And all beings everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. So it's both are happening at the same time. Well, it's, it's just going to, yeah, it's, and it's not going to look, nature it's not going to. For wonderful humanness. You're, <laughs> look how excited you are about being human. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm it's swinging. It's a painful my, experience. My, my, my pendulum has swung back from my like, misanthropic human. I'm youth. a beautiful human. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far, but I do have a great you can. song. Okay. I have a great song. All right. Play. I'm totally into it. Uh, it might take me a little while to find it. But it'll take away from our ability to bl- blather on. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy with either. We can finish with the song, or we, we can, or you can look, and I can encourage you to look, and we can talk while you look and okay. try out your multitasking skills. Yeah, which are pretty dismal. No, this is great. <laughs> I love it because I also am dismally <laughs> gifted. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not even gonna look. Why? It's, What's it called? Um, Just try it. You can unplug and plug back in. Easy peasy. Oh, that's right. I could do it off of YouTube. And I can tell. Yeah, exactly. If I can remember what the title is. And are you kidding? (laughs) How are you going to research it? What do you mean research? I was going to look on my hard drive to see if I could find it. You were just going to scroll to see if it it could remind you that you knew what you were looking for. So what was the thing that I was going to play something about? Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm not kidding. No, I no. Have, I have net unacceptable. Syndrome. Whoever wants to call Swiss in, cheese brain, and give, <laughs> and give him a brief you know that summary. Game shoots and ladders. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what goes like, on in my head. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay, we were talking about exp- expansive conscious expansion as we get smaller. But here's my thing: is that I was looking at a tree the other day, and it has all of these growths, like big, large growths on it. Like maybe the world is just going to start having growths and then we're going to live on the world's growths. Is that too? What do you think about that? Is like growth as an adaptation. Well, is that too sci-fi for you? No, I I love sci-fi and I love how I think humanity and the world is all adapting. I mean, Lord of the Rings is just going to happen. I don't know about that, but something's going to happen. And if, if we focus enough on the Lord of Rings, that probably is That's what exactly will what I'm thinking. I'm like, but I, I think it is because we it. have, oh, yeah, it's like lend your attention to the new reality. Or the, the new reality oh, of your be choice. Present. 
be pre- right. Be, yeah, that's be pre- true. Yeah. Yeah. Zogchen approach rever- rather yeah. than, than the California yeah, exactly. You're approach of totally. creating what you think you want, which totally. most people are clueless about what they really want. Yes. They just want the red car Surrender. and the big bucks. And yeah, I just need the, to. The, the girlfriend who, who's thin enough to. F- uh, I hate the it. the eye of a needle. I hate ungreased. it. <laughs> <laughs> ungreased. Ungreased. <laughs> that, that was a Carlo reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's where I'm adapting. <laughs> Good job. What was the song? <laughs> um, 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 I haven't found it yet. Okay. I, I have things to say. Keep going. <laughs> that's why you're here. <laughs> to fill the void. That is. I found it. Oh, perfect. This, I love this song, but I don't know if, if anybody else will like it, but... You really want to hear this? Well, because I have I have a Bruce Coburn. Are song you having really like, like what's what are your hesitations about this song? You know, choice. Which one would be better? So, what is better? Let's talk about it. What, what is, is the what? Is, what is better? You know, what would be more appropriate? Okay, what are the qualities of this moment? I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've you're lost. You're too busy worrying about it. Yeah, to, yeah. Exactly. So I've lost touch with it. <laughs> What is this moment? Where are we? So get it back. Get it back. Or come here. <laughs> or or along with... No, no, uh, that's leaping too far. Okay. Um, let's see. I think you Shall should I? play this one because you put an effort to look for it. So something has drawn you here. Maybe to turn away from it, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play it and we'll see how far it goes. How far we let it go. Okay. What if there's a... Is this it? Yeah. This is it. We are so beautiful. the wrong version this that version is this like a remix there's a remix version which is much better i I see i don't think they have because i was listening and i was like yeah you know what i could see why you'd be torn oh yeah they do have this one but well we'll just let's see like that's the point we try it out we'll listen we'll try it on is this it this is yeah so you get to hear the difference in the quality yeah exactly Remixes make make all the difference in the world sometimes. Yeah, this is so interesting. We are so beautiful. Oh, whoa, huge difference. We are so Same. 
the remix. It's called We Are In Love. It's called the stage version. And you don't know who it's by? Might be them. How'd you find it? An album. Oh, cool. Lying around? We are so Downloaded. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) We are so Been that way since 
I don't. You said you, you had so much. You okay, so to here say, are but, my questions. Yeah. So I, or maybe not even questions, they were more just like, all right, I ha- was ca- have been calling my sister regularly just because whatever, we that's how we, we talk regularly on the phone. And usually, sometimes irregularly, we call each other, mostly when we like kind of compare like who's going through what and see if we're going through it at the same time. You know, like just very silly. We have silly synchronicities that allow us to kind of be ourselves, right? So we just call, I think, so we can be ourselves. It's really nice, actually. And um, I, since I've moved back to the Northeast, I've like really... I feel like I've been around a lot. I mean, I know I have. I know I have, and I don't know I have any... I have no shame around it, but I've been around so much more, like, physical suffering than I was in Boulder, Colorado. You know, there's a lot of poverty here, and um, I was, like, low on the totem pole in Boulder, and, like, I was making a lot of money there. And so I'm, like, it's... I'm you know, confronting a lot of things in, around. And that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to leave too is because I wanted to, I don't know, give myself a little gut check, make sure I wasn't becoming entitled. And so, go ahead. No, I was just going to say we are so entitled. Uh, well, so that... Anyway. Well, but then, so this was the thing when I was living in Boulder, I had like all this kind of survivor's guilt. Like I'm like, cause I, this is not like a familiar scene. It's not like I grew up there. I didn't. Um, and it took me like two, three years of the five that I had been there to even consider myself a, a person there because I felt so like such an outsider. And so now I'm like, got back to, we have seven minutes, six minutes, six minutes. Oh yeah. So Anyways, what I'm saying is, I was calling her up and saying, "There's so much suffering here. There's so much suffering here," um, and I and I, it's really hard for me. It's just really hard for me, and not in any sort of condescending way, other than like, I uh, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of suffering here. How do you deal with suffering that you observe around you? Uh, I don't know. I used to. I think I used to let myself cry but I haven't been able to cry lately yeah it's been a bummer it's been really frustrating because I used to and I got from one of my yoga teachers um told me to like set aside like 10 minutes or 20 minutes of just crying weeping and I used to try and do that practice and that was like a little awkward for me but conversely on the but I tried and it worked because I had a lot of but I need to acknowledge it more I actually had someone actually tell me um make set of envelopes and then I'll say the other side of the statement but it's a set of envelopes with images in them really pleasant images which I picked nature and like colors of the fall and um then I should read what I wrote wrote to her it's really short anyways next time and then you have like a really tragic image like number a, a certain several of them in this mix of envelopes and then what you have to do is this meditative practice of taking each one and opening them up and then seeing the image then putting it back and then mixing them up and then just really neutralizing it and it really made me slow down and think about how I was going about even encountering the envelope right because how am I going to enter this regardless knowing all anything is possible but conversely what I was going to say as I'm listening to this song is I've met so many people that are so deep and so vulnerable, you included, just like so 
very deep and very vulnerable and very intelligent. Carla's this way too. People that like courageously make themselves open. It's so courageously that I'm like, it confuses me. Like, cause I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. This reminds me of a line that I heard decades ago that made a huge impression on me, but I didn't have a clue how to make make it work for me, how to make, yeah. It's, so, it's like a Zen Cohen in yeah. It goes like this. In order to give yourself what you need, give from what you have. Yeah. I mean, I need to chew on that for a little bit. I chewed on that for decades. Yeah, I have to like really get to know decades. what I have. What do I have? Yeah. And like not in in the in every knows, way. Who knows what will Exactly. Unfold I'm not going to I'm line. it's going to be beautiful. I'm but, so excited. But that has become <laughs> within the last 10 I mean, you know, I'd annoying say, and frustrating and all. Yeah, in the last 10 years that has blossomed into something amazing. Cool. And you're still interested in it, which that's... I love that line. It's so profound. I knew it was incredibly profound and meaningful for me, but I just couldn't access it for myself. Well, because it is like what you have and like there is a little bit, like even I have a little bit of resistance to that statement. <laughs> it's like a little slingshot, like what? whoa, what I have. But Some, then it's for like, me, it's like a slap upside the head. Yeah, yeah. It's like boom. Yeah. It's like Pah. yeah. And it's like, wait a second, huh? that is not what I have. Huh? <laughs> it's not what you have. What? I don't know what I have. You don't know what you have. Yeah, that's, I'm finding it out yeah, right now. I'm finding exactly. out what I that's have. What that's what our lives thing, are like, about: is discovering what we have, and then, and that thing about, in order to give. Ourselves I have to need. want what I have. <laughs> In order to give ourselves what we need, give of what we have. And what the way oh, I trans one way yeah. that I translated, probably the biggest way I translated was was with this girlfriend I had like 10, 15 years ago, that when I felt like I needed something from her and it wasn't coming. Yeah. I started to remember that I can give that to her. And not so much that I'm giving it to her. I what can, do you mean you I can give, give it to it, her? I can give that, I can give what, I, what it is that I want and think I need. I can give that uh, to whoever's there. I've done that. No, but you have to do it. You can't Unsuccessfully, fake it. I guess. You have to I, do it. You have I to do see. it sincerely, deeply, deeply and sincerely. It, and it took me it took me about 20 years to get to the place where i could do that how's that that's how dense i was i mean i'm starting to wonder if i'm that dense you're not that dense it won't take you anywhere near that long because you made a huge leap just in in just a few months that that would have taken me a decade I won't even say what I'm it was. That. You don't even know. Do I, know. I know? I, I bet I I'm know intimately. Oh, you, oh. My belief, I for me, I know what I've made a huge leap in. Oh, good. What? I don't know what you've seen, but I know what I've seen. But you'll yeah. now, I'll never you, know. 
Well, at least not this week. <laughs> not this week, everybody. <laughs> so, um, it's just about over. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's always a pleasure with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not always. Every, every once Sometimes in a while, it's... you can be frustrating. Yeah. But that's only because I want more than I, than I get. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Sometimes I withhold because I am not a monkey. <laughs> You're not a monkey? <laughs> That's right. I ain't no monkey, and that, and that's it. <laughs> I just love this piece. I'm totally into it. Which there's no time to talk about it because. No, there is a little more time. <laughs> yes. Thanks for listening and thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.